Where are we hidden? Part of the emphasis of our sermon this morning is on the greatness of God and the mission of Jesus Christ or the mission of the church. Our understanding and knowledge, perception and view about the greatness of God and Christ's mission to the world or mission to the people without God must break our hearts. It must bleed and pain. It must burden our hearts to see them perishing because they have never had the opportunity of hearing the gospel about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we believe that God is sovereign over all things, we must be led by this conviction to do every effort to use our resources and bring every person to the knowledge of the gospel or to the Lord Jesus Christ. But what must we need to understand about the greatness of God and Christ's mission to the world or church mission to the world. There are four lessons that we can learn in our text this morning regarding the greatness of God and Christ or the church mission to the world. First, in verse 1, we need to understand the future of mankind in the hands of God. In verse 1, if you are going to see verse 1 of Revelation chapter 5, this book contains the preordained plans of God for the future and the order of human history leading to the culmination of the kingdom of Christ in chapter 1. It contains God's sovereign decree for the coming glory of the believers and the final destination of the unbelievers. And we know where they are heading. Our God is sovereign over all things. Can we say amen to that? He is sovereign over states. Sovereign over nations, kingdoms. He is sovereign in politics, economy, and military activities of the nations of this world. There is a common temptation along with that is that God is sovereign over this church. Over your family, over your career, and your businesses. Because Christ is indeed, or God is indeed, sovereign over everything. There is, however, a common notion, common temptation of people to think that if they don't participate in the works of God, in the ministries of the church, our God will become helpless and nothing will happen. As, as if to say that if I'm going to be in my arrogance, say that if I'm not going to be part of this church, this church is no more. Our faith is built in the solid foundation of the fact that the founder of this church is Jesus Christ. He is indeed the founder of this church. And the truth of the matter is that he can remove me, he can remove my ministry, he can remove my participation, he can remove Ron, he can remove Fred, he can remove all the pastors of bridges and still able to fulfill his plan of redemption for all humanity. And that's the wonderful part of this. So the question I would like to ask is that how can we respond to this truth that the humanity, the future of humanity is in the hand of God? How can we respond verse on verse 8? And this is also spoken in verse 
chapter 8, verse 3. And both of these verses talks about the prayers of the saints. In other words, we can respond to this truth by praying for the salvation of the people without God and without Christ. The sovereign power of God does not exclude prayers. It requires intercession. The sovereign will of God has ordained the prayers of the believers or the saints to bring about the coming of the kingdom of God. He will consummate his kingdom ultimately in gracious response to the prayers of the saints or to the prayers of the church. Let us therefore keep ourselves busy, be involved intentionally in the 50-day program or vision of this church, and pray for those people without relationship with Christ, maybe friends, maybe family members, maybe people in the community or workplace. The second truth that we need to understand is that verses 3 and 4 reminds us that the whole human race or the humanity is lost before the Lord. It says, and no one in heaven and on earth and under the earth was able to open this book that is mentioned in verse 1. And so as a result, it tells us that because no one was able, not even Moses, not even Adam, not even Abraham, not even one of the disciples of Christ. And so as a result, the man of God wept. He was weeping because of this fact. He was weeping because he understands that people without Christ and people that will not be able to share in the glory of the Lord that is revealed in this book are lost before God. Dearly beloved brothers and sisters, the second book contains the grand purpose of God in redemption, the destruction of death, the demolition of Satan and his demons, the glory of Christ, the creation of the new heavens and new earth, and the grand reunion of all the believers and children of God that ever exist in this universe. No one has authority to open the scroll. And this guy was weeping. He was crying. I'd like to ask you this one question. Have we come to the point of our life where we wept? We are crying over the spiritual conditions of our families who are not Christians? Or maybe friends and office mates or people in the community? I don't know how many people are there in the Tri-City area that needs to be reconnected to God or needs to be or bridged to Christ for salvation. But one time, Christ was going along the villages, and he was moved with compassion to see that there were plenty of harvest, and there are only few laborers. Probably you would say that, uh, well, I'm just a member. I just attend worship. Here's the truth. The church is the only agent, and the gospel is the only message. This is the reason why there is a need for all of us to be making it intentional and aggressive in all our programs and activities, use our connections and resources to bring about people unto the kingdom of the Lord in an intimate relationship. Like I said, probably you would say that, well, I'm not an elder. I'm not a ministry leader. I just attend worship. Well, 
Dale Moody was led to the Lord by Edward Kimball. We don't know who is Edward Kimball. Maybe some of you know. And Mordecai Ham, in his ministry, led Billy Graham to the Lord. We don't know this guy, Mr. Ham. If you happen to remember your book, your Bible, in Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 26, the paralytic man receives forgiveness and healing, and I'm sure that he's now in heaven with Christ. Because of the man who did not stop trying to bring him into the presence of the Lord. And when they could not find a way, they went to the roof, dig a hole, and lowered this man right in front of Jesus Christ. If not because of this man, not even mentioning their names, this guy would have died a sinner, he would have died a paralytic, and he would have died a condemned person for all eternity. We may not be leaders, but eternity will reveal the impact of your ministry in this church. Things that you might have, you might have done on secret. Doing as much as you can for the glory of, of God. So the question is that, what specific area we can do in response to this truth based on Psalm 67 verses 1 and 2? It says in Psalm 67, 1 and 2, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation is proclaimed among all the nations. This is about spiritual and material blessing. We can respond in this area of challenge or truth by giving sacrificially for mission. And I believe personally that the reason why the Lord in his sovereign grace, has chosen this nation to be wealthy compared to the rest of the nations of the world. And I believe so that the reason why Bridges is so blessed with generous people, and the answer for that is Psalms 67, verse 2. In order for all of us to become supporters of mission so that there will be more people that will be led back to Christ for salvation. The third thing that we need to understand is that finally, Jesus Christ is honored as Lord of all. In verse 5 it says, One of the elders said, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered death. The greatest news of all is that the crucified, the slaughtered, the bruised, the abandoned, the rejected, and betrayed Lamb of God is reigning as Lord of Lords and is being worshipped by all creations. If you're going to see verses 12 up to 14. He has power over sin, he has power over death, and he gives us the victory. And the Bible says that the lamp of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus Christ, my Jesus, is greater than any religious or any great people in the history of this world. The religious founders, the kings and presidents of nations died and are gone. All of them were buried, were eaten by worms, and never has to come back to life again. But Jesus Christ was risen from the grave. On the way back to the Father, he walked into the throne of God surrounded by the angels and exalted and worshipped. 
And we are in between these two events, the day of crucifixion and the day of glorification in the text. And the question that is good for all of us to answer is that, how can we respond to this truth at present in connection to the great commission of Christ in Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20? And here is the truth. The Mormon missionaries are everywhere, and they are trying to Mormonize our society. The Jehovah's Witnesses are very active, knocking doors to present and give something coming from their group. The Muslim group of people are increasing globally. They are everywhere, and many of them are in Congress. Let us go out, preach the gospel until God's kingdom come. And every tribe, every name, every people, Every language, every nation will gather together, will crown Jesus, and will give him the name that is above every other name. And every knee should bow, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all to the glory of the Father. Finally, our faith is verified authentic because of the fact that Christ's death is proven genuine. Verses 8 up to verse 14. The blood, the ransom, and the wounds of Christ mentioned in verse 6, verse 9, and verse 12 are real things in the past. But all of these three are mentioned in our text in the celebration of that great gathering. What does this mean to all of us? This affirms the authenticity of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I see that your faith is built upon the solid foundation of the risen Christ. And he is now in heaven. Therefore, in the, middle of, in the middle of trials, in the middle of difficulties in your life, in your marriage, in your career, even in this church, remember this, that before the sun was there, before the stars and the galaxies were put in their places, before the oceans and rivers exist, God set his eyes on you. Because he loves you so much. His eyes are on those people without God. That he loves as the object of his death at the cross. He chose you in him before the foundation of the world. Even before you were conceived in your mother's womb. You were already completed in the heart of God. Can we say amen to that? And that makes you very special before the Lord. And therefore, dearly beloved brothers and sisters, the sovereign will of God is to purchase people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every language, and every race, and every family, and every ethnicity of the world. But the question is that, how can we apply this one? How can we respond to this challenge? Especially in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, it tells us something that is very important for us to take note. If we are going to see 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, it says that, And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will be able and qualified to teach others also. As if to, this, to say that I need to disciple somebody that is capable of discipling other people, and so on to the following group or generations of people. Until God's kingdom come where every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Christ Jesus 
is Lord of all to the glory of the Father. Last week, the last three weeks, we, the Filipino fellowship, were able to, by the grace of God, we were able to lead five people to the Lord because we believe on the gospel of the Son. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just close this one with a very short story about a wealthy man and his son were known for collecting expensive arts and painting. But shortly after the young man was deployed to Vietnam, in 1950s, he was reported to have died while saving another army. He was hit in the bullets. He was hit by the bullets in the head, also in the head and also in the, in the heart. And the father was notified and was grieving deeply because he was the only son. About a month later, on Christmas Day, December 25th, a young man stood at the door of the old man's house with a large package in his hand. The father opened the package. It was the portrait of the son painted by this young man. However, the father died a few months later. So sad. There was to be an auction for all the paintings and other expensive collections the following year, December 25. That day he received that gift, a surprise position, the portrait of his son. Many people traveled uh, and participate, traveled throughout the world and participate in the auction. The auction day has come. The man in charge announced that the auction is started. He pounded the gavel with the opening statement, we will start with the bidding of the portrait of the son. Who will bid for the portrait of the son for $100? And there was silence. Then a voice in the back of the room shouted, we are coming here to see the famous paintings, not that one, not interested. Another voice said, we came here for the expensive collections of the old man. But the auctioneer insisted, who will bid for the portrait of the son at $100? Finally, a voice from the very back of the room bid for $10. It was the longtime gardener of the family. And it was all that he could give, being a poor man. And so the in charge said, We have $10. Who will bid for 20? Who will bid for 30? Who will bid for 40? Who will bid for 50? And there was nothing, there was silence. And he said it once, he said it twice, and pound the gavel and said, Auction is over. Portrait is sold. And the people asked, what about the paintings, the collections of paintings? And the man said, I was called to conduct the auction. It was only for the painting of the sun. The last will stipulation stated that whoever get the painting of the sun would inherit the entire estate, including all other expensive collections and painting around this room. Wow. Good for the gardener. <laughs> right? But I think this is exactly the message that we need to bring. Because in the sun, people will experience forgiveness. And when they are forgiven, they are no longer condemned. 
and people will experience eternal life because son died so that we will have life. He had to be abandoned so that we will be reconciled. That through the son, we will have the gift of eternal life. Through the son, we can become part of the family of God more than anything else. Through the son, we would be able to be counted among the myriads and thousands of people in this greatest celebration of all time recorded in the book of Revelations chapter 5, verses 10 up to 14. Will you be there? Will your family and friends be included in this great reunion and gathering in the presence of the Lord in glory? Will you be there at the culmination of time? I will leave that to you to answer. God bless you, brothers. But before that, I would like, there are some people in the Filipino Fellowship that are really very intentional and involved in the ministry of leading people to the Lord and uh, discipling people to the Lord. We have, I think we have eight small group leaders that we want somebody, I think somebody from Bridges is assigned. And I would like to ask you to pray for these people. That every time if you, forget, you ever forget their names, don't forget their faces. Pray for these people because these people endeavors to gather their group every single week in their homes. Disciple, teach people about the love of God. I would like to call on one of them is serving at Bridges for the Church Committee, uh, the Worship Committee pastor. I uh, would like to call on those people around. I would like to call on Noy. Noy is here with us. We would like to call on Sister Davian. And we'd like to call on Brother Omi. And uh, if, if Jess is here, do we have Jess here? We'd like to call on Jess to please come. We have two Jesses, by the way. Uh, Jess Alina and also uh, Jess Mundala. If you could come, please, somebody will pray for us. And uh, there, are, there are actually eight of them or nine of them. Uh, come on, Joyce. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and continue to pray for these people. These people are really laboring for other people, discipling them every single week uh, during their small group meetings. Uh, let's pray for the leaders of, uh, the, leaders of the fellowship. Uh, God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that uh, you have raised up in our midst leaders who are willing to go out and um, take the gospel to people who have never heard it. We thank you that they serve sacrificially, um, that they give of their time and energy um, in faithfully sharing the gospel of Jesus um, to those around them. We pray that um, in the days ahead um, that your spirit be upon them, that um, their words be filled with wisdom and grace and that many will see um, the witness of Christ in their lives. We thank you for having heard this our prayer in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Bridges Community Church Sermon Podcast. Bridges Community Church is located in the San Francisco Bay Area in Fremont, California. 
To know more about Bridges Community Church, please go to our website at bridgescc.org.